In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This day we observe the Epiphany of our Lord. Epiphany is an English word that is just transliterated from a Greek word, epiphaneia. Epiphaneia means revelation or manifestation. And so, on the Epiphany of our Lord, we recall and celebrate how our Lord God revealed or manifested Himself in the person of Jesus Christ to the nations, to the Gentiles. Now this word epiphaneia is a compound Greek word, and the root of the word is the word phinos, which means light. And so epiphaneia having this idea of light behind it, we could say more accurately it means to enlighten or illuminate, for something is revealed or made manifest when light is shined upon it. And so the season of Epiphany, in a very real sense, is the season of light. And that's fitting for us Christians here in the Northern Hemisphere, because this time of year is the time of increasing light. The winter solstice is behind us, and now the days are growing longer and the light is increasing, which reflects the light of Christ that entered into the world on Christmas and began to spread. We see this beautifully confessed in our ceremony on Christmas Eve when we have the candlelight part of the service, where the light is taken from the front of the sanctuary and spreads out into the congregation. But that light doesn't get extinguished when the candles are blown out. The light of Christ continues to grow and to expand. This is what we celebrate here in the Epiphany season. And so it's not a coincidence that our fathers in the faith chose this prophecy from Isaiah chapter 60 as the very first reading in the Epiphany season. The Lord God says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Notice that in these words, the light of God is equated with His glory. Glory and light are, in many ways, the same thing. We see this manifest a number of times in the Scriptures. Probably most significantly in the Old Testament, light and God's glory are seen together in that pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, which led the Israelites out of Egypt. We see most significantly the light and God's glory seen together in the New Testament prior to our Lord's passion at the Transfiguration where our Lord becomes so pure white that He begins to shine bright like the sun. God's glory is manifest in the light that is coming from Him. But of course, most significantly of all is Easter morning. The darkness had fell upon the world at our Lord's death on Good Friday, and the darkness had come through the night and was now beginning to fade away as a new light 
dawned, the new day of a new week revealed that Christ was risen. He was made manifest to be exactly who he claimed to be. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. For the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Notice here that God's light, the light of Christ, is is almost being depicted like the sun rising, piercing through the darkness. So the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. This light that pierces through the darkness draws all men, not just the Jews, but the Gentiles also. All men are drawn to this light because it is a light for all nations. A light that pierces the darkness across all of the world. And so this light of God's glory has come for all nations. And we see this so beautifully in our gospel text from Matthew chapter 2. The Magi are the first of the Gentiles to see the light of Christ and to come to it. Now, we don't know much about the Magi. Traditionally, we call them the wise men. And I suppose that is fitting because these Magi were likely regarded as wise the epitome of worldly wisdom in their culture. These men were scientists or astrologers, committing themselves to the study of nature, to seeking answers, to seek the truth. We're told that they were from the Orient, from the East. We don't know precisely where that was, but these are men from a good ways away from ancient Israel, coming from the place of the rising sun. Undoubtedly, these men were regarded by others and maybe even themselves as enlightened, as wise. And yet, when they saw the true light come into the world, they recognized that their their enlightenment was not what they had maybe thought it was, what others thought it was. And so it is not insignificant then that our Lord manifests the light of Christ, through a light in the sky, a star. This light shines into the darkness and it leads these magi to abandon their worldly wisdom. It leads them to leave behind all that they had known, their careers, their homes, their families, to take a journey that was probably somewhat risky. This star, this light of Christ, led the Magi in a very real way to start a new life. It led them to set aside their science and their knowledge in pursuit of the real truth that is from God. It led them to leave behind their land of the rising sun, to leave behind the things of this world in pursuit of the true light, in pursuit of the things of God. It led them to forego their earthly enlightenment and the approval and praise of others 
And they exchanged this worldly enlightenment for an enlightenment which seems like foolishness to the world. And yet, this enlightenment that seems to be foolishness is indeed the power of God unto salvation. So it is that this so-called Christmas star is the light of Christ that pierced the darkness of the Magi's hearts. So too is it for you and for me. We who believe in Christ have come to faith because His light has been shined into our hearts. We have been brought from darkness into light. Through the working of the Holy Spirit, we have been brought out of unbelief to belief, from death into life. We have seen the light of Christ. And yet the light of Christ is not something that can be experienced once and then left behind. The light of Christ must continually shine upon us, both in this age, in this side of glory, and indeed even in the age to come, as St. John sees in the Revelation. And so the Apostle John, in writing his first epistle to the church, tells us something significant in 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 5, the apostle tells us this is the message that we have heard from him, from God, and declared to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. God is light. This is why the very first act of God in creation is to create light, because light is more than a metaphor. Light is the very essence of God. Light is life. God is light. There is no darkness in Him. And so if we say that we have fellowship with Him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we say that we have fellowship, sharing with Christ, if we say that we are believers, that we are people of the book, that we are churchgoers, that we share and participate in Christ in the sacraments. If we say that and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. We live in the light of Christ, my friends, and yet, the darkness of this world is all around us. The darkness of sin is ever-present. It is so easy to stumble and to fall into that darkness. But what St. John warns us about is to not walk in the darkness. It's one thing to stumble and fall into the darkness. It's another thing altogether to walk in that darkness willfully. For the Christian life is a life that is characterized by the light of Christ, fleeing from the darkness when we find ourselves there. This is why St. John goes on to write those famous verses. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is what it means to walk in the light. 
It means to let the light of Christ, His Word, shine into our hearts to reveal the darkness of our sin. If that darkness of sin remains, it will manifest itself in unbelief and lead us away from Him. But if the light of Christ is shined into our hearts to expose and reveal the darkness of sin that is there, this is where we receive cleansing from sin. This is what it means to walk in the light. Those of us who would follow the Magi to true enlightenment and true life eternal must allow the light of Christ's Word to shine in our hearts to expose our sin, which admittedly is uncomfortable. And yet, the purpose of this light shining into your heart is not to make you uncomfortable, but rather to purge the darkness from your heart. Living in the light of Christ is not always comfortable. In fact, if it is comfortable, then you're doing it wrong. Because we live in a fallen, sinful world. We will stumble and fall into the darkness. We must allow that light to shine into our hearts so that we can, through repentance and confession, be purged of the darkness. The light of Christ pierces into the darkness of our unbelief. And by His grace, He continues to purge the darkness of unbelief from our hearts. May God grant us all both the grace and the strength to live in his revealing light all of our days. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.